Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. Now, Lippy. Hello. Oh, that came out a bit croaky. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, we are the houses of sick, I think. We are um, houses both, of sick. Both croaking a bit. So this will be a short one, but we thought mm. after two weeks of your holiday and then malingering, we probably ought to uh, put something else. Otherwise, we'll lose the seven loyal listeners that we yeah, have. we will. <laughs> and that would be disastrous it after two years. Mm. Now, obviously, while we were away, there was a very sad incident with uh, the Queen suddenly passing. Uh, mm. seemed to be all right on the Tuesday and then um, gone on the Thursday, which I'm not a fanatic royalist, but thinking about it today, she's one constant that I've had through my mm. life that's always been there. And actually, yeah, she does leave a hole. And I know not everybody agrees with the monarchy and the royal family, but she, she was there. At, well, to an extent, but she was there in our lives and now mm. she's not. So that is, that is quite sad. She's the nation's grandma. She is indeed. And there was a posting which I'm not going to take the credit for. Along the lines of whatever your thoughts on the role of the monarchy in our society and in the wider Commonwealth, there can be no doubt the Queen was always a steadfast figure in our lives for the past 70 years, at least providing some consistency in a turbulent world. Which I think is very true. Yeah. And I think she's she's had some nasty moments to deal with over the last well 30 years, maybe. One thing that we haven't seen, obviously, is what happens with a change of monarch. Um, I haven't seen it for 70 years and there's all sorts of mm. odd bits and pieces that um, that have to be thought about um, so there's obviously changeover in stamps and banknotes and coins which is fairly obvious interestingly Charles or King Charles's image will face left on coins and that comes from a 17th century tradition that the direction alternates for each new monarch so if do you do have some old, no so if you have some old mm. pre-Elizabeth II coins knocking around you'll see that the face alternates so again you know we've not experienced this so. in 70 years yeah and yeah, there was previous monarch coins when i was a child but i had more important things to concern myself with yeah. not, uh, not the direction of uh, the monarch's face and uh, you know how i like to get a motoring fact in yeah and uh, queen elizabeth ii never had to worry about getting her driver's license no. in fact she never had to take a driving test and obviously never had to worry about being stopped by the police She's allowed to drive a car without a number plate. Uh, that's only allowed by the Queen, nobody else in the royal family. However, Her Majesty did learn to drive back when she was 18 years old. At the time, she joined the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Service, the Women's Branch of the British Army, during the Second World War. And there she trained as a lorry driver and a mechanic. Mm, which leads, wow. me on, leads me on to one of my favourite pictures over the last couple of weeks, was with the Pink Floyd drummer Nick Mason, who likes his race Ferraris. And he stood there in his race overalls, and the Queen stood next to him wiping the dipstick. <laughs> and it's British, I've never seen it before. Uh, there was a couple, there was one where she had a torque wrench in her hands as well. Lovely, <laughs> lovely photos. And I think that's, uh, yeah, if there's anything you can say that's nice over the last couple of weeks, it has been some, some lovely photographs. Mm, definitely, out. yeah. Anyway, some time ago, before you went abroad... And we were talked about passports, no doubt. Mm, we yes. talk about that every now and then. 
and uh, visas. And I had a missive from the Screaming Tomato, who was South African in origin, uh, but I believe he had a British grandparent or grandparents. Um, so he he managed to get an English passport as well. But he needed to get a visa to go to France. So he said, I ended up having to get a visa a number of times. The funniest one to get was Spain. Sorry, not France, Spain. They didn't have a section in their embassy to give visas. So I went to the French embassy to get a visa. Why? The Schengen visa that France gave was valid for Spain for about three months. So we had to book a weekend in Boulogne to get the French visa to then go to the timeshare in Lanzarote. <laughs> so it's all... That's a bit... A bit of a roundabout way of getting to Spain. <laughs> it is all a little bit complicated, isn't it? Mm. It's just a little bit. So anyway, so you've been back for just over a week from yeah. your trip to Mallorca mm. uh, with the Duck Boy and the Horse Whisperer. Yes. It was rather dramatic, to be honest, though. We, we did all survive and nothing really bad happened, but there were a few moments. <laughs> I'm sure there were. There was a rather unpleasant one with diving, which you phoned and told us whilst we were eating our dinner. Oh, I didn't know you were eating your dinner. You didn't hear me shout, we were eating our dinner. I'm not sure I did, actually. Obviously not. I'll keep it polite, though, on the podcast. Please do. Chris and I are both paddy certified, which means we can do open water diving. But Charlotte's not. And Chris wanted to dive. So I was like, that's fine. Charlotte and I will just do whatever. You can go off diving. So he walked down to the dive place to get it booked in and asked if we could come on the boat with them. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. But just so they know, a lot of people get seasick on the boat. It's a bit rocky, bloody blah, blah. And we had kind of assumed they meant like the boat journey when the boat was moving because they kept ah. saying they were diving in a bay. So we thought, oh, when you get to the bay, the, it will be yeah. more sheltered. There might be somewhere we can like swim to, chill. Anyway, so we thought yeah let's go on the boat that was bad decision one and (laughs) so we get there the boat trip was a bit bumpy and then we pull into this bay and there's just no kind of shelter at all it's all rocks you can't get out you're either on the boat or you're in the water they're the two options boat or water so they all got ready and as they're getting ready to go we were told at the start because it's quite a tippy boat that until they get off, we need to stay sat where we were just so that they could get all the tanks and stuff moved without the boat tipping too much or anyone slipping off or whatever. So we sat there and as the as they're taking longer and longer, I'm starting to think, no, I, I, I am feeling seasick. I was like, I'm not the kind of person that normally would get seasick. And I'm sat there, I'm looking at Charlotte. I'm like, is she getting seasick? And she was absolutely fine. And I was like, oh God. So they get off. So I thought, I'm going to just sit on the back of the boat. So I sat on the back of the boat. For about five minutes, I was like, uh, the lady before she went off diving said to us, if you feel seasick, the best thing to do is to get in the sea. Just get in the water, get off the boat, have a little float around and you should be okay. And I was like, right, okay. So after a few minutes, I was like, I either need to get in the sea or I'm going to be sick. So I got in the sea. (laughs) which normally would panic me a bit because you can't it was very clear water so you could see but it was quite deep yeah and like in the movies that's when you get eaten by a shark well you don't know what's under you do you no but they're diving there so there's obviously something there because otherwise they wouldn't pick that as a diving spot to go and see things so there's definitely stuff around yeah it is unlikely to be a great white shark though because they want people to come back as a dive school you don't want to get a reputation Mm. of having your clients be eaten yeah 
So um, we're sat there. Charlotte's still on the boat. She feels absolutely fine. I'm in the sea, kind of holding onto the ladder so I'm not having to use all my energy, but just like bobbing around. Charlotte goes, what's that in the water? It's like, I don't know, I can't see anything. She's like, I can't tell if it's a leaf or, or a big fish. And I was like, oh, I'm not liking this. So I got out, sat on the side. About five minutes later, was very ill. To which then about two minutes after I was very ill, all of the divers started appearing out of the water. That's not nice. Presumably in the not same spot nice you've been unwell yeah. in. Yes. Yeah. And the first person up was Chris. And I just looked at him and he went, are you okay? I was like, I've just, I've just been very unwell where you've just come out. Yeah, basically, I've just thrown up over you. Yeah, basically. So anyway, that was the first dive. They then went for a second dive, but I was all right. I had a nap on the boat. We actually saw a jellyfish, which was quite cool, like a little pink mm. one. Um, and then when they came back up, Charlotte and I put Chris's goggles on and we were like looking down and oh my God, it was so deep and there were so many fish. And I don't know how I'd spent, as soon as I saw the fish, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm out of the sea. I'm getting out of the sea. I'm sitting on the boat. Apparently seasickness, one good way to get around it is to lay down which seems like the wrong thing to do uh, but I, I've been monstrously seasick in the past on a sailing boat in the channel and actually laying down does help interesting I wish yeah. I'd known that but I wish we had listened to the lady and not come and just stayed gone yeah. to the beach for the day but yeah we live and we learn next time I'm going diving I'm not staying on the boat you're very wise just don't come up near the boat in case I'm <laughs> on the boat has been sick yes <laughs> So you'd had, uh, you sent some photos of a thunderstorm that you'd yeah. had. Yeah. Which, uh, the initial one was nothing like the ones we'd had over the no. previous few days. But the last one really was, wasn't it? Yeah, we had hail one. and everything, which yeah. was weird because it was ice and it was really warm. <laughs> um, well, that that is hail for you. Yeah. But where we were by the sea and near the mountains, we had it two days in a row. So it was obviously quite common. And it lasts about an hour, and that was it. Yeah. But just absolutely swarmed us. She couldn't see the other building, which was about 100 foot away. Oh. It was probably more than that. Yeah, it just fogged over, lightning, like proper lightning, like bolts. They were like yeah. shooting into the ground, yeah. which was awesome. And then, yeah, and then about an hour later, it was gone. Mm. That's not, not unusual sunny. for that area. Mm. And when I've been on holiday in France during the summer, you get... You get storms like that overnight, which are really spectacular. Mm. We also saw a storm whilst we were on the plane. That's a little bit more worrying. It was quite far away, though. Yeah. Because when we're coming over France, we could see the lightning in the distance. Yes, actually, when you were coming back, I and wife of Grumpy were both watching you on Flight Tracker, which mm. is a great app. I love it. And you were definitely on a collision course with a very large aircraft. And... Um, because wife of grumpy starts to panic slightly but uh you're a thousand foot apart so which apparently yeah. is the right minimum amount. amount yeah it's right mm. about the minimum amount um but it was a bit worrying for a while you know we did have quite a lot of what's that thing called turbulence yeah well it's it's the weather's been was quite unsettled wasn't it where you mm. were and across france to uh southern england as well so it's it's not a surprise and there was a lot of air traffic though a lot of flights have been delayed i feel Ours had been delayed. Yes, yours was quite late, wasn't it? Mm, yes. So you had a magic show as well, I hear. We did. So we where we were, it was all inclusive. Um, they had a mini disco for the kids, 
which I still can't get the song out of my head that they sang every night. Then a show of some sort. We had a quiz the first night to which Horse Whisperer very quickly guessed the music from The Mask. Don't know where, it literally came out of nowhere. She was the first person to answer. It was hilarious. Um, And then, yeah, we had a magic show, like a proper one though, where they balanced her on a chair. What, The Horse Whisperer? No, the magician's assistant lady. Oh, okay. It was on the neck of the, like, the back of the chair. Her neck yeah. was on it. And then the okay. rest of her was just flat. Yeah. It was mad. And then we had a power cut whilst she's hovering. And thankfully, the guy put another chair under her butt. It obviously can't be painful the way she's hovering because she was there for a good, like, five minutes before the electricity came back on. I think there's an episode of Jonathan Creek, which you've probably not seen. I think BBC I have seen that one. Series. I love he, Jonathan Creek. Yeah, I, I, well, I think it. it's on um, uh, iPlayer or something. Mm. Some of the, one of the streaming uh, services. Anyway, and there's one scene where he's in the the windmill, and uh, his assistant, or the other way around, whichever it is, he's on that device. Uh, it sort of gives you a glimpse of how it works. Yeah, but yeah, poor girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I think power cuts are fairly frequent in that area. Mm. being an island and all that yes we'd had a few actually but it was good fun nice and chilled ate so much food well that is the all-inclusive lifestyle isn't yeah. it yeah it was great loved it like stupid amounts of food <laughs> wow that's what it's there for yeah i was ob- obviously the ringleader as well we'd go for breakfast and then i'd be like so what time are we going for lunch well, the Horse Whisperer is known for having two or three breakfasts, so mm. it would have been ideal for her. There were donuts the size of her head, and she was having one of those <laughs> after a full breakfast, and I was literally sat there like, how are you eating that after everything else you've just eaten? Yes. Yes, mm. indeed. I don't know where she puts it. But... No. So, because we're so poorly, we're going to skip top tips and fun facts. Mm. because. The Lippy brains aren't working a, well enough. If he doesn't have a top tip, and it was just going to be dreadful, so let's <laughs> let's not do it. I uh, would we'll like to say that the horse whisperer is competing her uh, shine walk this Saturday mm. night into Sunday, and that's a twenty-six mile walk in aid of cancer research. Yes. So if you are able to support her... That would be nice. Yeah, or we'll stick something on the socials. Yeah, stick That's a link. the best way to do it. Stick a link in the socials. And uh, she's raised quite a bit of money so far. Mm. So, but, and done zero practice. So it would be interesting what state she's in on Done zero practice. Bought brand new shoes for the event that haven't been worn. Mind you, I know somebody else that did a 10k run with zero practice. The, the, there's a slight difference here no, slight not. difference there there's is not. because no. i not was small. i was doing a i was doing a pe dissertate not dissertation that's i was in college doing pe doing network training four times a week You're blowing a whistle i was being very fit and i still regretted not training i was fine doing the run it was the next day when i yeah. had a i had a pe lesson first thing at college and i told my I told my teacher what I'd done the like a, the, before we went for the weekend and then the Monday, and she could not stop laughing because it was a filmed session and I couldn't I couldn't lunge. They were trying to get us to lunge and I couldn't lunge. Well, we'll see what the horse whisper is like on Sunday. I'm suspecting mm. something similar, although she is you know she does she does a lot, do a lot of steps a day. So mm. I think she said I'm not worried about the walking; it's to be able to stay awake. Yeah, that's what the pub's for. 
Well, I'm not sure that has that effect, but uh, we wish her luck. And obviously, if you can support her, then uh, it's a charity that's close to my heart. Mm -hmm. Then um, any donation gratefully received. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.